Good morning, good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon, and I'm AWOD here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live once again from Radio Row here in Vegas as this place is heating up more and more media members, former NFL players, former NFL coaches are out and about here walking around, going to try to book a few of them on the show today. This is the Bud Light Big Game Week, and last night the opening ceremonies Honestly, one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. The Blue Man Crew performed. Uh, Blue Man Group. I have been a fan of them my entire life. I feel like, Stubb, I've been waiting my entire life for that opportunity to take a selfie with the Blue Man Crew. And uh, you know what was funny is some people were doing interviews with them. Like, they didn't know the bit that the Blue Man people, they don't talk, right? They're, they don't they talk. They are professional mimes. Like, that's what they do. Uh, but they performed. They put on a show. That was really fun. And because, you know, with the media access, I'm right on the field, right next to these guys. That was the coolest thing about that. Uh, part of the introduction to the opening ceremonies. Then Michael Buffer's brother, I believe, Bruce Buffer, comes out, introduces the teams. Here we go. Let's get ready to do this thing. NFL Red Zone, Scott Hansen. Uh, everybody knows him from watching Red Zone. He did player interviews and, and brought out both teams, the Chiefs and the 49ers, with head coaches Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. Richmond's own Michael Robinson, who played in the NFL for a long time, stints with the Seattle Seahawks. He spoke with all the big names, and it was broadcast live on TV. I mean, I had people texting me throughout the night. I'm watching this on TV as you're posting it on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I thought that was so cool. It really was an awesome experience, the opening ceremonies last night. So throughout the show today, you'll hear from ESPN's Adam Schefter. Walked up to Shefty, asked if I could grab him for a few minutes. Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola talking about how to contain that high-powered offense with the San Francisco 49ers. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Brock Purdy. Uh, I didn't think the moment was too big for Brock Purdy. Like, Mahomes has been here before, right? He's going for his third Super Bowl. He's done the interviews. He's done, you know, the bit where you walk out for the opening ceremony. Purdy was coming out with a smile, and it looked like this guy is motivated not just to be here, but to win the damn thing. I'll talk with 49ers linebacker Oren Burks. That's such a cool success story. Oren went to high school with me, South County Secondary School in Lorton, Virginia. And the coolest thing about Oren Burks is I taught him basketball. I was his basketball coach when I was in eighth grade, and he was in sixth grade at the South County camp. And this kid was a star athlete, all right? And he was just coming into his own. Uh, his, his, you know, he was going through a growth spurt. All of a sudden, he had glasses. He was trying to get used to, you know, playing a contact sport with glasses. And I could just see that this guy had athlete in him, and that he was driven. And then, I believe his sophomore year, he decided to play football and was the safety. Led South County Stallions to the state championship game alongside Devin Van Dyke, a buddy of mine who ended up going to Virginia Tech and was a four-year player there. So Oren ends up at Vanderbilt as a safety. Really good season, uh, really good four years there in the SEC. Ends up going undrafted, bounce around a few teams in the NFL, and really found a niche for himself as a backup linebacker behind Fred Warner with the San Francisco 49ers. So you'll hear from 49ers linebacker Oren Burks, 49ers edge rusher Randy Gregory, who actually played for Dan Quinn in Dallas. I wanted to ask Randy about what makes Dan Quinn such a special uh, defensive mind in the NFL. Former Washington commander, 
and current podcast host of Bussin' with the Boys, Will Compton. He's part of Barstool Sports. Just saw him walking around Radio Row, grabbed him for five minutes yesterday. So you'll hear all these interviews throughout the show today, and it it was truly a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Carrot Top was there. I think he's going to stop by and chat with Michael Phillips today or tomorrow. He didn't look great. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. He didn't look great. You know who did look good? And that was comedian Burt Kreischer. I mean, it was just celebrity after celebrity, Stub. I, I, do you know who Burt Kreischer is? Like, I'm I do. one of the I biggest fans of Burt Kreischer. Yeah, yeah, big fan. I tried to get him... I tried to get uh, him to take his shirt off with me. He said the NFL would kick him out if he took his shirt off. So we, we talked for a minute, shirts on. It was kind of awkward. But then he was in the media bus with me on, on the way home, and I, I was like, I bow down to you, Bert. And he just started laughing and dapped me up. Um, we hung out with NFL insider Diana Rossini, who, of course, uh, was at NBC4 when I was an intern there uh, right in college, and now she's – gone on to be a star for ESPN and I believe she's currently with The Athletic and Fox Sports. Uh, I think we're going to try to grab her throughout the rest of the week here from Radio Row. So the running bit last night though, right, with all the celebrities was people were stopping me thinking I was a celebrity. I got stopped four times by different people who said hi Ed Sheeran. Oh, that's I brutal. guess I look like him, Stub. <laughs> Do you think I, I look like Ed Sheeran? I, I like could like vaguely see from a distance without glasses. Okay. I might think you were Ed Sheeran, yeah. but not. <laughs> I don't know. You'd have to very little know what Ed Sheeran looks like to think that you were Ed it Sheeran. Was, it was it was a bit. I mean, literally, they were stopping me, Ed Sheeran. And I'm thinking like, man, should I come to Radio Road tomorrow with a guitar and just you know try to pull off this bit here? Uh, I've gotten Ed Sheeran a few times in my life. It feels like anytime I grow up my hair, that's what I get when I cut my hair. Sometimes I get Macklemore. I I don't know. I'm just a regular guy. But it has been nonstop fun here two days into this Vegas trip. Uh, but let me get to the opening ceremonies here and kind of paint a picture for you guys. So I thought the fans were super loud. It was packed with 49ers and Chiefs fans. Also, I think there were just like some Raiders people there, Vegas uh, fans there, people that just like football that were in the area here as it was loud as hell when both teams ran out the tunnel. And every player would go to the podium, right? There were 10 players for each team, and then the head coach, Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan, and the media would walk around. You could wait in line and, and get in a question or two. Here's the tough part, though, and Michael warned me about this. I didn't realize it was going to be that difficult, all right? So, all of the players that are, they're still stars, they're NFL players, but they're not the 10 chosen, right? The 10 chosen were like the Trent Williams, the Christian McCaffreys, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, the big names everyone would recognize. But the rest of the players are still good interviews. Well, they would walk around the room with a fancy NFL Super Bowl jacket with the team logo, right, Chiefs or Niners, and a jersey number. That's it, a small number, right, 46 uh, at the bottom of the jacket. As a reporter, your job was to recognize the player by the number. Now, if this is the Commanders, you know, I'm a diehard fan. Easy peasy, no problem. I could point out, oh, this guy's this number, this guy's this number. I, I recognize the faces. I mean, it would have been so easy. But for teams I don't normally cover, it was a nightmare, Stub. I was pulling up my roster every three seconds on my phone, and then it would, like, reload because the Internet uh, wasn't great in the building because everyone's using it. And then I had to, like, do the order by number, and I was scrolling up and down. I finally found a few people uh, that I could talk to. But, man, I didn't realize how difficult that would be. Uh, that was the hardest part about the whole thing. Next time you got to print out a sheet Next time, to be ready to carry it around. <laughs> oh, and now, 
I know. That's what a lot of people have. But still, even with that, you're walking around. You're like looking down at the sheet of paper. Oh, is that a guy that I want to interview? By the time you look up, he's gone. Right. Um, but I did have a great conversation with Steve Spagnola. The plan was to just kind of wait it out. He was inter- being interviewed by like 10 people. I just stood there with my phone uh, ready to record and waited for people to get their questions in and then run out of steam. And then after that, I got like three minutes alone with him, uh, which was really awesome. I was actually hoping that the commanders would interview Spagnola after the Super Bowl because he's, I think he's such a brilliant defensive mind, and, and he's had so much success in this league. Probably a guy that deserves another opportunity to be a head coach. But the commanders get Dan Quinn. You heard the press conference right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. We'll be playing some of those clips throughout the show today, but I thought the coolest thing Dan Quinn said was, I like doing hard S with good people. You go to breakingtees.com. 1067 The Fan already has that T-shirt for Commanders fans out there doing hard S with good people. Dan Quinn got me fired up yesterday after that press conference. You're listening to AWOD Radio, broadcasting live from Radio Row here in Vegas ahead of the big game. It's the Bud Light Big Game Week on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Radio Row here in Vegas for the Bud Light Big Game Weekend. Uh, yesterday was a ton of fun. MP with us here for a little crosstalk. I mean, you've done the opening ceremonies before. I had a few people texting me. They thought it was the best that they've ever seen. I mean, you had some great content out of it. All right, I'm going to hand off my headset right now. we got Derek Stevens coming over. Awesome. Circa the D. You know how much I love Stadium Swim. I'm going to give him my headset here. I'm pumped to have him on. Absolutely. So we actually did a survivor pool at Odyssey Richmond, and it is so much fun. Like, it is the coolest thing. You, of course, have had so much success with, with the circle pool. Why do you think that it is so popular with people to just pick a team every week you know what i i had the benefit of uh, playing survivors for a long time probably more than 30 years and you know i this was way back 15 years before i ever thought i'd ever own a casino or let alone a sports book and uh i just thought that the energy you get from a survivor pool is just amazing so you know we uh we we, we rolled it out five years ago we built the software and then uh said okay we're gonna try it not really knowing if, uh, if if everybody would pick up on it, but boy, oh boy, after the fourth year, uh, you know, last year we, we guaranteed eight million, paid out nine point two million, My and uh, it just it just exploded in popularity. So we loved it. So it's a, it's a great thing, and uh, and, I, and obviously uh, there's a lot of people that enjoy Survivor as much as I did as a kid, as much as I still do today. So we've got a grandmother in our office, Jenny, who won the Survivor. Actually, she came in second place. She made it through the entire season without losing and then lost the final week. We're talking about teaming up and and putting some money together and then entering her in your pool for next year. I think that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> think about think about wait a second. Think about if she would have been hit this year, you would have had all types of hedging strategies. I know. Right? <laughs> you'd have to bring her out here like right around Christmas day to you know to to start thinking about other options. I, I love it. <laughs> We've got Derek Stevens here, the owner and CEO of Circus Sports, Michael. Yeah, I, mean, I just want to talk to Derek. Derek's an American hero in my mind. We got we, we got we got two two. I, I love the stadium swim. Tell me about the origin uh, of that and, and and the creation of that because it, it's an outdoor sports book. The big TV, the pools, yeah. the hot tubs, the works. 
Yeah, so I, I'll tell you, a lot of people ask me about that, and you're going to laugh at how this came about. We have a place called the Downtown Las Vegas Event Center. It's downtown. It's just right behind the D, and that's where we hold food festivals, music festivals, things like that. And obviously in the in the summertime, it's warm in Vegas. So what we did is we went out and bought, bought a uh, uh, an above-ground pool, and for absolutely no reason, with absolutely no marketing, we just plunked it down in this middle of this concert. And wanted to see what happened. Well, it was hot. People started crawling in. I'm like, okay. Did that a couple times. Then we decided, how about we roll up a bar next to it and see what happens? Well, everybody starts walking up to the side of the pool and starts ordering beers. I'm like, okay, <laughs> there's something here. And then next thing you know, this was right at the time when we were designing Circa. And, um, you know, my wife always liked music, always liked going out to going out to pool, the pool scene. Um, I did as well, but the one thing I couldn't stand is if I had 10 bets on a Sunday afternoon, you know, I, I can't deal with being in a cabana with one crappy TV, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and having all my bets go. So I said, man, if I ever build a pool in Vegas, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to celebrate the sunshine of Vegas. I'm going to celebrate the music, and I'm going to celebrate for, for everybody that, that's, that knows what I'm talking about that has 10 different baseball games going in some Sunday in June, and you want to see them all simultaneously, I'm going to merge that together. That's all it was. It was there was no big consulting group. It's just uh, <laughs> myself, my wife wanted to do it, and all my buddies. Well, okay, that's what we got to come up with, and it's worked pretty good. I love it. All right. I'm from Wichita, Kansas. I'm a Barry Sanders guy. Always will be a Detroit guy. You were at the games in Detroit? I, I went to uh, – I went to uh, – the uh, the game against Tampa, uh, yeah, heck of that, a game. That, the crowd, crowd was unbelievable. Oh. Um, yeah, I'd been a, I'd been a season ticket holder for Lions for a long time, and I flew back to Detroit for that game. And then uh, we rounded up. Uh, you know, we got so fired up, and by the time we got back to Vegas, you know, we got a lot of Lions fans at work at Circa, and we all started, you know. You know, getting creative, and then we started drinking more and getting more creative. And lo and behold, before the end of the night, I ended up chartering a plane, taking 28 people <laughs> to San Francisco, yes. and we were we were throwing parties. And uh, we had we had like a little uh, pep rally where we picked two people out of the crowd to go with us, and we went up to uh, up to the 49er Lions game. Uh, incredible, incredible uh, championship Sunday we had. I would say personally, for me as a sports fan, that was the most hurt I've ever felt. I mean, Took me a few days just to get over it. Uh, I, obviously, you know, every everybody has their own their own game that they'll never forget. This one's going to be be mine that I never forget. Sure, you've been fighting for years to to spread the word about sports betting, to spread the word about Vegas. The Super Bowl is in Las Vegas. Derek Stevens is here, circa the D, the downtown Vegas casinos on Fremont Street. What's it mean to the town, to your industry, to to be here talking about the Super Bowl being in your backyard? Yeah, you know, I, I was still here when uh, the NFL shut down Tony Romo because, God forbid, he was going to have a fantasy football uh, <laughs> uh, event here like nine years ago. You know, things have changed a little bit. Um, I, I kind of had uh, a little lead-in. You know, owning the, I own the AAA baseball team out here for six seasons, and uh, I always thought that that Vegas was, was very well prepared to have a major league, uh, major league franchise here. Yeah. Uh, because this is a city that's based upon tourism, based upon events, and I think you know there was this. There's a little bit of this black cloud uh, on Vegas because of you know gambling um, that really held held uh, held Vegas back from getting a franchise for an extra 20 years or so. So when all of a sudden um, stars aligned, Bill Foley brought brought an expansion team out in the Vegas Golden Knights, and then they did so well. 
I think every other league, you know, paid attention. Like, oh my God, this is going to work here, and and uh, and then you know, quickly thereafter to see things happen with the NFL, uh, and a lot of things had to align. Uh, people kind of sometimes forget Nevada is a state that that the state um, legislature, state state politicians only meet once every two years. So it was all of a sudden a special session. The governor got behind it. All the politicians got behind it, and uh, and uh, got the money to help build the stadium. And and uh, you know, I know there's a lot of controversy about public money into a stadium, but uh, I don't think anybody at this point could say this wasn't a very very wise choice. I mean, uh, the whole community is uh, is excited about this, and the whole community is actually very very proud of uh, of this really coming coming to pass because you know six years ago five years ago there's a lot of questions is this going to happen or not so this was pretty amazing i love that man and i want to talk about some of the unique circa sports super bowl prop bets here like will any player compete a uh, complete a pass to himself we saw lamar uh do that last game and you could also bet on a travis kelsey prop and get a free taylor swift inspired drink at circa i, I brought that up because i'm blown away with how many females now are getting into sports gambling like it, it has ro- it has risen to the point where my girlfriend's hitting me up. Hey, what are your locks for this weekend? Yeah, so so uh, you know this whole Taylor Swift thing. You know, th- there's no legal betting on anything to do with Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's only the offshore stuff or for entertainment. But everybody's trying to tie it in one way or another. So yeah. so we just felt that the way Circus Sports is going to do it, any of our properties is uh, if you bet on any any uh, prop uh, that in- includes Travis Kelsey for twenty two dollars or more. Um, you get a free, uh, you get a free uh, either Travis Kelsey or Taylor Swift inspired drink at one of our bars. <laughs> so uh, we're having a little fun with it as well. I think, I think clearly uh, Travis Kelsey is going to be the most bet individual on a prop basis, and for us, uh, Circus Squares will be the number one prop uh, in the states where we're uh, where we are uh, up and live, which is Illinois. Iowa, uh, Colorado, and uh, and Nevada here, where where you can bet on uh, on Circus Squares. Where are you leaning right now in this game? I mean, it's a rematch from 2020. The Chiefs won 31-20. I kind of feel like it's hard to bet against Mahomes and Andy Reid in such a big game. Yeah, I think I think that by the time the game goes, I think we're gonna the house is gonna be uh, the house will be uh, 49er fans um, because I think you're gonna start seeing a lot of Kansas City money starting to show up, particularly as we get closer to uh, Friday. Um, you know, we uh, we're having uh, at at Circa Las Vegas, we're actually having a pep rally Thursday night for uh, for both. Uh, both teams, um, nice. we're putting all the Kansas City fans on the east side of Stadium Swim, go. all the San Francisco fans on the west side of Stadium Swim. Uh, but I think there's going to be a lot more Kansas City fans. Actually, I think a pretty substantial oh, yeah. ratio. They they're traveling in droves. Uh, I think Kansas City fans are also accustomed to coming to Las Vegas. I mean, um, we've gotten to see these Chiefs fans in Vegas um, every frequently year. every year, and and uh, boy, they're coming. They they're coming. They're just coming, and uh, they uh, they kind of know what to do. I, I'd say from an AFC, they're they're exceptionally impressive <laughs> fan base. Are uh, you're giving me Mahomes, the legend, and points? I, I agree. I think that's where the money's coming too. Uh, our guy Grant Paulson uh, did his show in DC last night at Stadium Swim. I said I'm taking Adam over to see the dancing dealers tonight. I think that's going to be a real treat for him. Oh, awesome! I want to see you guys over there tonight. Great. Well, I'm going to be. Uh, we got a few different uh, events. We've got a. Uh, we've got the pairings party for the uh, Hall of Fame celebrity shootout. So there's a golf tournament. We got a lot of. 
a lot of uh, uh, former athletes uh, and, and Hall of Famers are going to be hanging around up at Legacy Club. We've got a uh, we've got a couple of other watch parties for games tonight, both hockey and NBA, and uh, and then we've got a couple of other cocktail parties. So I look forward to seeing you guys. Derek Stevens, the owner and CEO of Circus Sports. Thanks so much for the time. All right, great. Thanks really a lot, guys. Yep. See ya. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Radio Row here in Vegas. It's the Bud Light Big Game Week, 12-3 to 3 live and local here on 910 The Fan. we got Michael Phillips hanging out with us here. Let's do a little crosstalk here. Can I hear that sweet sounder stub? If I could just have your attention. It's Crosstalk with Adam Epstein and Michael Phillips on The Fan. It's like that 190s movie that everybody loved. What's the name of that movie? It's not Crosstalk, but it sounds like Crosstalk. It's Crosstalk on The Fan. Oh, Face Off with Travolta and Nick Cage. But this is Crosstalk. All right, Michael, do you know the FCC regulations about saying the sh word on the radio because dan quinn caused a lot of radio stations an issue yesterday we enjoy doing more than hard s with good people yeah he he like he ran into it too like everybody like hey it's i'm coming i'm cursing. cursing he gave everybody the warning <laughs> um i thought it was one of the more memorable lines of the press conference for sure yeah. let me hear a little inside radio here stub from the production room there in richmond virginia off of bozzy road stub you were ready for that? I mean, what was going on he, in your mind during the moments where Dan Coon was leading up to that? I really appreciated him prepping me by saying he was about to cuss so I could be right yeah. there ready yep. to uh, dump that bit of audio so it wouldn't broadcast live. Uh, but he <laughs> definitely had me that. on the edge and of I my seat the for the saying. rest. Yeah, no, for sure. He had everyone on the edge of their seat. I thought, no, let's just talk about the press conference. We're going to play a few clips. I was blown away by it. I thought he was really impressive. He inspired me. He was already my guy. He was my number one choice. We got my guy. You were not all in on it. Did the press conference change it? I knew he'd win. I knew he'd win the press conference, and he did win the press conference. It was a fantastic showing. He had all the right notes. I played the clip of him talking about learning from his time in Atlanta, which I just—it was such a good answer. Like you could hire a team of ten PR professionals, they wouldn't write an answer that good. Let's take a listen to it once again. Here's Dan Quinn on the lessons he learned from previous coaching roles. First and foremost, um, in leaving there, I wanted to make sure I did a three sixty to find. You know what would be some potential blind spots you know that i did and in a good way of trying to take on too much at times and so that's why for me coming into you know when i was looking to if i got another shot there were a couple things that i wanted to find one you know was from the ownership side a team that support you know the general manager side to be in lockstep and have a partner with and then the third part you know was like a fan base that was really wanting to go get after it the lessons for me was man be right you know it's the players and the team and it came from a good place of trying to help and solve problems. But make sure, keep the main thing, the main thing, John. And uh, I had some time to test that in Dallas. And so that was good for me to go and do that and go through that process because I'm a much stronger coach today than when I took over, you know, years back in Atlanta. And so, like I said earlier, man, you, you want to run with those lessons and go prove it. And the best competitive moments in my life have come when you had to go prove it. And uh, that's what I want to apply. Look, Dan Quinn is getting so much love this week. We, I mean, you had 
Kyle Shanahan at the podium talking about how he likes Dan Quinn and Adam Peters in Washington. I mean, look, I think it's because he's such a good dude. Like, this is a football guy's football guy, and I love how he's willing to adjust. To me, that's the biggest difference between a Dan Quinn and a Ron Rivera. Well, certainly Ron Rivera was well thought of as well. That was one of the selling points on Ron. All the quotes, people coming out of the woodwork, Cam Newtons, and, you know, oh, I love working with Ron Rivera. That's my guy. You're Sean McDermott's of the world. Certainly, anytime you hire a coach in the NFL, they got to be a real jerk to not have people lining up behind them to praise them and, and give them their flowers. Uh, as you've mentioned, this defense underachieved last year. He's a defensive coach. He ran a very good defense in Dallas. I think position by position on paper, this is a less talented defense than Dallas. Yes. That said, I do think he can lift it. Uh, and then your offensive coordinator hire is so important in, in, in Kingsbury. The number two draft pick is so important. But if you're talking about how do you take the first step forward next year to go from four wins to eight wins to double up, I think you could do that with defensive improvement. Yeah, I'm hoping for, for probably seven Right, I just want to see improvement from last season. But I love how they, they all spoke about Adam Peters, Josh Harris, and Dan Quinn have their vision and line. They want to be a strong football team that dominates the line of scrimmage, offensive line, and defensive line. And I think that's going to be very important here. Now, so you mentioned they need to improve from last year. I believe Dan Quinn will make the defense improve. The question is, is Cliff Kingsbury a better offense coordinator than Eric Bieniemy? Yesterday you were kind of siding on with Bieniemy there. You know, I, I love that uh, I thought Dan Quinn handled it well, right? Um, I don't know that the team handled it well overall. Um, Dan Quinn, you know, he was asked about Eric Bieniemy, and the answer was, I, I love him. He's my guy. I wish him the best. We're going to stay in touch. He will not be part of this staff. But he won't be working <laughs> here anymore. Um it just feels like there was a better way to do that than to leave him dangling for this long. And if you did that cost him jobs, I don't know that you can say definitively it did or didn't. But it's not a great look for the team to announce the hiring of an offensive coordinator before announcing that you're moving on from Eric Bieniemy. I thought that that like I, this isn't about Cliff or Eric. Like that that's not what I'm, I'm talking about. They announced the hiring of an offensive coordinator while that guy was sitting in the building. Yeah. Uh, that That's not a great Well, we don't know what happened behind the, the scenes. Maybe they spoke with each other, and, and he said, hey, look, Eric, would you be willing to take a step back to being a running backs coach? And maybe sure. he said no. Yeah. You know, uh, you know we'll, maybe things will come out here behind closed doors. But you're right, it wasn't a good look yeah. for the organization. But at the same time, there's a lot of excitement with a guy like Kingsbury. Right? Whether you like him or not, you know he's going to put on a show, it feels like. It's the best-looking uh, group in town between uh, him <laughs> and Adam Peters there. you got a, got a good-looking crew in Washington, uh, uh, young energy. Uh, look, Kingsbury has been loved everywhere he's gone, too. You talk about guys lining up to give the quotes. Uh, certainly, you got Patrick Mahomes in his corner, Caleb Williams in his corner, some very big names that have enjoyed playing for him. Uh, I will be curious how it impacts – the retention of uh, what I would call some of the whiners from this year. Um, not to single guys out, but Charles Leno, Logan Thomas, those guys who did not warm up to Eric Bieniemy's style. Hard training camp practices, hard right by all accounts. Kingsbury doesn't do that. He's, he's meticulous. He's detail-oriented. He works long hours, but he takes care of his guys on the field. Um, are they now more likely to stay? Or is this still a total refresh? I'm curious which direction you go there. Dan Quinn being hired as the commander's head coach 
Number one, it weakens an opponent in your division in the Dallas Cowboys who now have to fill their D.C. role. Number two, he understands the division going against the Commanders yep. twice a year. And, oh, yeah, he kicked our butts this year. And they beat the Eagles, and they beat the Giants, and they won the division. And I believe Dan Quinn was going to get another head coaching role in the NFL. If it wasn't in Washington in the next few years, he was going to get another shot because of how impressive that Dallas defense was. Let's take a listen to Dan Quinn explaining choosing the commanders over other interviews that he had. Coming in, um, you know, as a coach who has done it before, um, I knew then what I was looking for. You know, I think when you're first going through it, it's the first time you, you got to go get it and you got to go take it. After you've been through the experience, you want to make sure that you can align it exactly like you want to do to go kick ass. And so hmm. that's what I was, you know, looking for specific markers because if I wasn't going to find them, then I wasn't going to do it. And I desperately wanted to, but if the markers weren't in line to say, hey, this alignment between ownership, general manager, the club, um, I wouldn't have. So when this one was here, um, it was please call because <laughs> this one um, is different. And this franchise has a historic mark on the NFL. And so that was different. I knew that was different. And so um, once I knew I mean, does ownership, that not fire you general up? manager. That fires me up. I'm in on if your thoughts on this press conference. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Give us your thoughts on Dan Quinn here. I mean, he kept talking about how their vision and line. And that's really what I'm all in on, whether we got the right hire with the OC or the head coach or the DC, whatever, for the first time in my lifetime. We have an owner and a GM and a coach who are a lockstep. And whether it works out or not, it's just it's a breath of fresh air. It, it, it feels good, and, and yesterday was a really exciting day from that perspective, right? Like, you sit in a room with Dan Quinn, you want to play for Dan Quinn. That's, yeah. that's why everybody loved him in Dallas. That's why he's getting the second chance here. Uh, history tells us second-chance coaches can be very good. Uh, there's certainly, you know, the retread label, but there's a lot of great examples, obviously. Bill Belichick, Andy Reid at the top of that pile. Yeah. Guys who second, second trip was a very good and productive one for them. It's all about... You know, the lessons he learned, the adjustments. When he lost Kyle Shanahan, uh, he lost a lot of, you know, what was successful about that team. When he started meddling in personnel, the roster went downhill. Um, Adam Peters is your personnel guy. Dan Quinn's not going to meddle in personnel. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is the offensive guy. If he can have a Kyle Shanahan level of success, I would tell you this could work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another part of why I'm so fired up for Dan Quinn is – you know, I was talking with some people last night, you know, Diana Rossini, Adam Schefter, about Dan Quinn, and everyone kind of felt the same way that, like, he learned a lot from Pete Carroll. He learned a lot from Pete Carroll in Seattle, and then he continued to learn as he went on the rest of his yes. stops here, and it's like, this is a guy that's ready for this second opportunity. Like, now is the time. Um, and and like, like we were just talking about, like, he understands the division that's in his side here. He, can only, he said at the press conference, where does my mind go first? The defensive side of the ball. Yep. That's yep. what he's going to focus on, and he hired a guy that's a former head coach to take care of the offense. Are you surprised he's not calling the plays on defense? I'm not because I think that was part of the issue in other stops and with other head coaches. Like, If you're calling the plays defensively, you're not also leading the team, and that hurts you with timeout management, challenging plays. I mean, I still think if Ron Rivera throws the damn challenge flag when the Eagles were out of bounds, he might still be the head coach. Right, just throw the damn challenge flag. 
I want Dan Quinn to call the plays on defense. I, like you don't trust Joe Witt. I mean, this this guy's got a we lot hired of Dan Quinn. Too. Dan Quinn's the guy. Like I want Dan Quinn to do it. Like I, you know, it's it, it, like if if you've got Sean McVay and he's like, I'm gonna delegate to this guy. Like wh- why did I hire Sean McVay? Like that that's part of the the appeal of hiring Dan Quinn is he's the guy. He's in the defense. I I don't want a CEO coach. They did that in Philly, and you saw how it falls apart when the coordinators leave. Like I don't want to be overly dependent on two coordinators who are liable to leave. I, I want a strong head coach who will be the anchor of the team. So you think if the defense struggles at any point this season, he might say, hey, I'm stepping in. I'm going to call the plays. I would like that. Yeah. I wouldn't like the struggles, but I would like him calling the play. I, I, what is Dan Quinn bringing to the table? All, all we've talked about is what he's not going to do. Dan Quinn is not going to do personnel. Dan Quinn is not going to meddle with the offense. Dan Quinn is not going to call plays on defense. That will free him up. Yeah. What, what are we freeing him up for? Uh, to give inspirational speeches and great great sound bites? I, I mean, that's I a lot better to, than Ron Rivera, though. I want him to call the plays. Yeah. That's what, that's what Dan Quinn's there for. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can certainly ha- have your thoughts. 833-804-0910. That's, a, that's an interesting takeaway. I don't have an issue with him not calling the plays because I have a lot of confidence in Joe Witt from – the work that he did in Dallas there. I mean, he turned that secondary in, into ball hawks. So let's hire an offensive coach and let Joe Witt run the defense. I don't know. I, the CEO coach is just so ridiculous to me. Like, I think you need to be hands-on with at least one element of the team. I guess Jim Harbaugh is maybe the best example of a guy who's making it work without that. Can, can you think of any? I mean, Philly fell apart. The wheels came off when you lost those coordinators. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. You're listening to AWOD Radio, broadcasting live from Radio Row here in Vegas for the Bud Light Big Game Week. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910. We're in day two of five live shows from Radio Row here in Vegas for the Bud Light Big Game Week. If you were listening to Michael Phillips, you can rewind on the Odyssey app, MP on the mic from 10 to noon. You heard my unfortunate sad story about poker last night. I was up big, had a stack that was nearly $400 worth of chips, and I went home empty, but with three slices of pizza when I just paid for one. So you know what? It's a happy ending. The pizza's banging, and I'm happy about that. So we've been talking about Dan Quinn throughout the show today. We'll continue this commander's conversation. We've got the Richmond commander at 1 p.m. taking your phone calls on the best of Dan Quinn during his introductory press conference. Did he get you fired up? What are your expectations for year one? 833-804-0910. Then we'll turn it over to the NFL. We'll go around the NFL with NFL hits, the biggest stories from Radio Row, 49ers practice facility issue. That was a big talking point yesterday. The fact that this Super Bowl is a Super Bowl rematch, going to be kind of interesting comparing and contrasting these teams from their roster back in 2020. I will air my conversation with Steve Spagnola, who is, of course, the defensive coordinator with the Kansas City Chiefs and and I don't think people are talking enough about how good that Chiefs defense has been this season. Just a reminder, the Baltimore Ravens had the best offense all season long with the quarterback that was the MVP in Lamar Jackson and they were held to 10 points. 10 points in the in that big game. I mean, 
Are you kidding me? That's how locked in this Chiefs defense is. Uh, Legereus Sneed, uh, Chris Jones. I mean, they've got playmakers at all three levels, from the defensive line to linebackers to the cornerbacks, and Spagnola is known for blitzing. And, and I was just sitting in uh, on the press conference yesterday when he was being you know, harassed by reporters about what makes his blitz scheme so difficult and, and what you're trying to accomplish by a blitz. And really, there, there's so many different answers to that, right? Like sometimes you're blitzing to get the sack. Sometimes you're blitzing to get the quarterback to get rid of it quickly. And sometimes you're blitzing so that – you're going to hold the opponent behind the line of scrimmage here or hold them uh, from getting the first down. There's different reasons why you call blitz and from different elements of the field. So that's going to be a good conversation with Steve Spagnola. But Will Compton claimed the commanders are back. He's sitting down with Grant Paulson uh, right now on 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. from Bussin' with the Boys podcast. I spoke with him yesterday live from Radio Row. Here's Will Compton, the former linebacker for your Washington commanders. Here with Will Compton, Adam Epstein, 910 The Fan. Saw you walking in. You said we're back. Commander's back? The Commanders might be back. I love the hire of Coach Quinn. I know it's like people are back and forth on it, but what I, what I like about it, number one, back when I was with the Skins um, and we were playing Atlanta in the preseason, there were coaches like Shanahan, LaFleur, uh, guys on the other side. Nick Williams was a little receiver at the time. He was on the other side. But that year and him them being there and then during that Super Bowl run, they talked about how Coach Quinn handled the culture and everything else and how much they absolutely loved it. Uh, and the second thing I like is he understands the division. Yeah. He, he knows he knows that it'd be Philly. He clearly, he was with Dallas, so he was behind enemy lines. So I love that he's leading uh, the Burgundy and goal with the, with the Washington Commanders. So I love the hire with Coach Quinn. And uh, we just got uh, 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 Kingsbury, yeah. which, look, I thought EB was great, and I was hopeful that he would stay because he's obviously has a very proven track record. But again, I think uh, Cliff, like he's got a very offensive mind. Obviously, people say what they want about head coaching, but head coaching the coordinator is a different beast, and I think coordinator fits uh, Kingsbury to be with with DQ in, in Washington. Dan Quinn reminds me of like Pete Carroll mixed with Dan Campbell. Do you see that a little bit? Like a young at heart kind of coach? Yes, and a lot of the culture is the Pete Carroll-esque. So, he, and he would always talk about it. That's, you know, you talk to, when I would talk to Nick Williams and LaFleur they would talk about that style, like coming into the building every day. Just the way everything was kind of handled from the player perspective. Um, so I, I'm excited about uh, DQ being in Washington. What was the biggest issue with the commander's defense this year? I mean, why were they giving up so many explosive plays? I did, I, listen, I'd be lying if I told you I've watched all the games to kind of understand and know. But at the end of the day, defense, team defense is about that, team defense. you got to communicate from the front end to the back end. Backers got to be in tune. they got to be communicating with the safeties. Because at the end of the day, outside of the – superstars of the league everybody's within that one to five percent range of being a talent difference right so it's all about like executing from the neck up with each other communicating putting your body in the right position so you know the things that i was hearing is just that the scheme and the staff didn't necessarily fit what all the players were doing and they wouldn't necessarily correct and adapt in real time during the game Dan Quinn in his press conference today was asked about what he likes on this roster, pointed to the wide receivers and the D tackles. I mean, besides that, they don't really have many building blocks. Yeah, I mean, what there, there are rumors about potentially uh, trading uh, Allen this past year, and they ended up going with Chase Young. So it shows you the, the one that they wanted to focus on and build around in Allen. And so I, I love D tackle. We're obviously deep at receiver. you got Scary Terry. And uh, what, what's the – 
how do? Let me ask you a question. What do you think they're going to do at the quarterback position? I want to trade up to Caleb Williams. I just trade up. He's the man. You got to do everything you can to get him. You're sold on Caleb Williams. I'm so sold on him. He's a local guy too. DMV. Yeah. Yeah. Spencer Rattler. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I think Caleb Williams has all the talent in the world. Yeah. Uh, but the offensive line's got to get better because clearly, even even with Sam back there, like he got hit. The time I was checking, he was worse in the league. I don't know how he ended up, but he was getting touched all the time. So that obviously plays a factor. You got to build the old line, and then, yeah, if you can make a big push on a quarterback, I think the boys will be sitting nice. I like it. Well, let me ask you about you for a second, all right? Because obviously I'm a diehard Commanders fan, grew up in the area, loved seeing you on the team. But I've been obsessed with you blowing up in the media. I mean, is this something when you were playing you thought, I, I could be pretty good at this? Not necessarily media, but – like my personality and everything else like meshing with the boys in the locker room uh i always wanted to do something i guess in the realm that i'm doing i just didn't know at the time what it might be so i wanted to be around ball like if i wasn't doing this i'd be coaching um just because i love the influence factor connecting with everybody like being in it camaraderie like that's my favorite part uh but yeah no now that we're doing this with the podcast partner with barstool like dude it's we live the best life right now so I, like i have so much fun and i I'm excited for the commanders to be good again because I feel like I once you leave once I left that area, then obviously the dark cloud was over with Snyder, right. that whole regime and everything else. Coach Gruden, like that staff, unfortunately, you wish you could leave a place better than you found it and that they would still be the staff and everything else, but our generation couldn't get it done. So now being enough removed out of it and coming back around, like onto the yeah, I want to see the commanders do well. I want to see Washington do well, versus the bitterness of the business that would happen when everybody splits up. Uh, so I'm like rooting for the commanders, and it's going to be fun to watch. I hope we get out there for training camp, get the bus out there, get Hell some yeah. interviews in, have some fun. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for the time. Dude, thank you, brother. Yeah, bro. That was Will Compton, former commanders linebacker, current podcast host, busting with the boys on the Barstool Sports Network. You just heard his thoughts on Dan Quinn. What are your expectations for year one? Dan Quinn in charge of the Washington Commanders. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Will he be able to turn it around? Can they improve from this past season? Did Washington get the higher right? Or did you have your eyes set on a Mike Rabel, a Bill Belichick? Maybe you're like Michael Phillips here. Not a big fan of Cliff Kingsbury. We'll want to hear from you, Commanders fans, here on the home for the Commanders in Richmond, Virginia, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, what are your expectations for year one under Dan Quinn? It's the Richmond Commander coming up next.